Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on CagesidePress.com. I'm Danny Gumby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. The UFC is back in the apex this weekend for UFC Vegas 57, headlined by an exciting lightweight tilt between Armand Sarukian and Matthews Gamrot. It is going to be a hell of a fight. We'll be breaking down that as well as two other of our favorite fights on this main card as part of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays, where we'll also give you an underdog we really like and a parlay that we think will be particularly profitable. In addition to that, we're giving you the interviews you know and love. First kicking off this episode is the always exciting Vanessa Demopoulos, who talks about jumping into Joe Rogan's arms as well as her upcoming fight with Jinyu Fry this weekend. Plus, later on in the show, I'll be talking to Mario Batista as he gets ready for Brian Kelleher, a fight that he says is going to bring him 50K. Now, before we get to any of that great content, I do have to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is the home for the avid sports better, providing insights, analysis, and free betting picks. It's like the YouTube for sports betting. Head on over to betterthan.vegas where you can browse, search, and follow handicappers and sports personalities as they give you their thoughts on upcoming sports contests in every sport imaginable. In fact, if you head on over there each and every week, you can check out my bonus pick that is only available at the Top Turtle MMA page at betterthan.vegas. Better Than Vegas brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. The hosts are ready. The fighters are ready. Listeners, make some noise if you are ready for Top Turtle MMA with Shockwave and Gumby. All right, and joining me today is Vanessa Demopoulos, who fights Jin Yu Fry at UFC Vegas 57, that fight on June 25th. So, Vanessa, before we get into that fight or any of your other recent fights, you you had a big moment recently, or at least since your last fight. I saw via Instagram, you got your jujitsu black belt. Tell us a little bit about that feeling of finally accomplishing something so many set out to do. Oh, my goodness. Huge life accomplishment, man. Like, you want to talk about milestones. You know, I feel like people get married, and then people get their black belt, and that's, like, there. Like, that's, like, where I'm rating getting my black belt. Like, right on that timeline right there. And out of curiosity, too, I, I know a whole bunch of people who have who've gotten their black belts, and sometimes the instructor keeps it a surprise. It, it seemed like in the video you posted you are a little bit surprised. Was it completely a shock? Was it – did you kind of know it was coming? I did know that it was coming. Actually, my professor let me know like way back in uh, November that I was going to be getting my black belt. But I live in Arizona and my professor is from California. So I'm under the same lineage still here in Arizona. So I was waiting for him to come out to do a seminar at our gym to be able to give me my black belt where I was around like the place where I'm currently living with all of my friends here. And um, even though I knew that it was coming, that's how big of a moment it truly is. Like, I could not stop crying the whole day just because of, like, the magnitude of the moment. You know, like, you're thinking about, I mean, for me, like, I've been doing jujitsu for over 10 years now. And so, like, it's such a long journey. I've met so many people along the way. Um, you know, I've, I've been under so many different gyms and just gotten to travel the world thanks to jujitsu exclusively. So it's like, you know, it's just a remembrance of all of these moments and accumulation of the importance 
of what that black belt truly meant to me. That's awesome to hear. And, and we're going to talk about some of those people you trained with in just a moment when we talk about the upcoming fight. But before we do, I obviously got to talk about your big viral moment because we haven't talked since it <laughs> happened. You know, like you, you pick up this amazing victory that you, you seem to pull out of absolutely nowhere with a sick arm bar. And then you get the Joe Rogan leap, I, I think, if we've come to call it. Uh, you know, it, it, is it something you pre-planned? What, how, did, how did it come into your head that I'm going to leap into the Joe Rogan of all people's arms? I mean, I don't know. You know, I just, like, I was in the gym, and I looked over at one of my teammates, and I just, like, I just did it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this to Joe Rogan. And he's like, what? No, that's stupid. I was like, I don't think it is. So, <laughs> so like, I did kind of pre-plan it a little bit, and I just know, like, I mean, I don't know Joe Rogan, but I know, like, how awesome of a human he's got to be, right? So I was like, dude, if anyone's down, this man's not going to drop me, you know? <laughs> and he just went with it. So it's like, yeah, it's like, and he even swung me around a little bit, too. Like, man, what a good sport, dude. Like, that was such a cool moment. Absolutely. And, and was it crazy the amount of attention you got from it? Did you expect to get, like, that kind of a pop? Because, like... It was literally all I saw was memes of that on Twitter for like a week afterwards. Was Is that insane to see yourself in so much? Yeah, actually, that part was. Um, the crazy, like doing crazy stuff, like I live that life. Like I'm doing crazy stuff all the time, you know? Like I'm always like doing something that people wouldn't expect. But the attention that came from that particular moment, that was not expected. And that was really, really cool, you know, to um, to see the backlash from all that, all the memes that came out, you know, like all just like the cool things that come from something like that. For sure. And you said you're always doing things that people don't expect. So I got to ask, obviously, Joe Rogan probably not going to be in attendance because this one's live from the Apex. But do you got something planned for us like that if, if we get another big finish? Uh, nothing planned yet, but I'm sure something awesome is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let, let's talk about that upcoming fight because it is an exciting one. You're fighting Jinju Fry, somebody who's, I mean, kind of known for her clinch work or at least on the up and coming that her tie work and her clinch work was kind of where she got famous from. But then since then, has become like a lot more active with her ground game a little bit. Is that something you're expecting her to try to take to you, being that you are, you know, now not just a jujitsu black belt, but also somebody who's proven that they're dangerous on the mat? Um, I mean, I wouldn't expect someone to want to go to the ground with me, especially since, you know, I've been known to submit people, finish people, put people to sleep. So, but also like my hands are dangerous too. Like my last fight in the LFA, I mean, I TKO that girl, you know, hit her with a hook. She started walking sideways. So, I mean, it's, um, I'm dangerous on the ground and I guess it's really difficult to expect what someone else's game plan would be against me. For sure, for sure. And, and also too, you know, this has got like kind of the added bonus of being a fight where we've got one fighter who, who held a, a strawweight belt in LFA and one having held, a, I believe it was an atomweight belt in Invicta. D does that add extra gravitas to, to this fight for you, too? Or, or is it something you don't even think about? I mean, it should add gravity to this fight um, in general to the public. And I hope that the public is excited about something like that because this is, like, why we work so hard on the up-and-coming, to be able to have those types of titles. You know, to be able to, like, give those accolades behind our names. Like, put some respect on it, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to it. 
Well, yeah, and, and I think most of the people who are in the know do have a lot of respect on this. And, you know, I, I wanted to talk because you brought up before about all the people you've been training with over the, the 10 years to get your Jiu-Jitsu black belt. But I also wanted to talk about the people you've been training with to get prepared for this fight because – you know, just scanning your social media, you're seeing a lot of big names in the world of MMA. You know, people who are on the up and up, people who are, you know, have already been at the top of the sport. You know, Tabitha Ricci, Angela Hill, Lupita Godinez. You know, I saw Sabina Mazo in there. Like, is there a fighter in particular you've been using to try to mimic some of the things you expect from Jin Yu Fry? Or is it, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of just using them all for different looks all the time? Yeah, so I really, um, when I'm training, I like to implement the things that I'm trying to improve personally. So because like last minute changes happen all the time. You just need to be prepared to go in there and fight and battle and be the best version of yourself possible. So I know the things that I'm working on. And so Tabitha, I mean, she's one of my like homies, bro. Like that girl, like she's one of my besties. I love her so much. Um, when she fights, I go out, I help her when I'm fighting, she comes here, she helps me, you know, like we're down to do that for each other and cross train. So it's, it's such a blessing to be able to have such high caliber friends, you know, amongst the MMA world, because so many people aren't that friendly. So I, it, it is really cool to be able to train with all of these amazing names. Absolutely. And she is just about as hot as can be right now, as far as this division goes as well. <laughs> And I want to ask, though, then, you know, you mentioned trying to work on the things that you feel like you, you've had holes in or you want to improve in. I, I don't want you to necessarily give a game plan away or try to, you know, draw somebody a, a diagram on how to beat you. But what, what was it, if you could share, that you feel like you need to get better at? Oh, uh, not sharing, homie. <laughs> well, you know, you know I got to ask, though, of course. So, uh, it's all right. It's all right. I get it. Uh, all right. So, so let's, uh, let's get to the prediction part of this, then. I, I usually like to ask fighters before I let them go. You got a prediction. How do you see this ending with Jinryu Fry? Do you feel like you can get her out of there, or do you feel like this is a, a 15-minute war where we're going to get some fight of the night bonus money? Oh, man. I like my bonuses, man. Let me tell you about that. So I'm definitely a bonus type of a fighter. Um, look forward to some awesome fireworks. That's all, I, that's all I can really tell you guys. Awesome. Well, and, and it is an absolutely exciting fight coming up. And now that you've mentioned your, your bonus fighter, Todd, I feel like I, I should probably ask. Obviously, the last fight wins you a 50K bonus. Did you do anything fun with it? Or was that a, a squirrel away for later kind of 50K bonus? Yeah, um, I went over to, uh, first thing I did was I went to Tulum. I had some fun over there. You know, I, I, I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, so I've been popping over here. I've gotten to really experience um, a different type of a lifestyle, which has been really, really cool. And, um, yeah, now my heels have been back in the ground for quite a while now. So I did get to have some fun, which was nice. Because as an up-and-coming fighter, um, it's not the easiest sport to be a part of. So I definitely treated myself a little bit after getting such a huge, amazing win. Well, it's good for you, and you certainly deserve it. And once again, we'll be looking forward to asking you that same question, hopefully, after the upcoming fight. And once again, fans, (laughs) this has been Vanessa Demopoulos, who fights Jinyu Fry at UFC Vegas 57. That fight, June 25th. Vanessa, thanks so much for the time. I really appreciate it. Thank you for being awesome. I appreciate you so much, man. Well, we hope you enjoyed that interview with Vanessa Demopoulos. I, once again, am Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined now by Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, 
We don't have to get too much into the UFC last weekend, although it was an absolute <laughs> banger. I do want to ask, though, Josh Emmett comes out on top in a very narrow split decision over Calvin Cater, calls for the title shot, says it's his. Do you believe him? Do you think he's next in line for the winner of Max Holloway and Alexander Volkanovsky? You know, I it, at first it sounded a little crazy to me, and then when I think about it, he could be. Uh, I mean, you know, I think at 145, um, the UFC was really hoping, and we spoke about this last week, heading into that Calvin Cater fight, that Calvin Cater kind of messed up the plan, which, you know, I think was having Giga Chikadze be ready for a title come summertime. And now he's kind of back at the, the back of the bus. So Josh Emmett's right there. You have Yair. I don't think anyone wants to see Brian Ortega again. No one wants to see Max Holloway again. So is it that crazy? It actually isn't. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, it, obviously, if Volganovsky comes out on top, I, I think that that is, you know, it's clear that we don't see, you know, Max round seven or whatever we're on now. But I do think that, you know, if Max wins, there's a chance you see Volganovsky again. And, you know, of course, we, we have the Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega main event coming for, to you live from Long Island in about a month's time. Could Yair Rodriguez really put a stamp on it and put himself in the forefront of that? Sure. But yeah, no, I, I think Josh Emmett's pretty much right there. Well, I'll tell you what else is right there. It's this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. Got fights a couple of weekends in a row, which we really like to see. Uh, this one's for UC Vegas 57. But before we get into it, give you a couple of fights that we like, a couple of live dogs and a parlay to play. Gumby, one may wonder if anyone sponsors this edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. Absolutely. Fight Stars and Partlays is brought to you by MMA Play 365. MMA Play 365 is a prediction and betting service out here trying to help the public make money on the UFC and MMA in general. For one super low fee, you get access to their professional handicapper with a six-year winning record who will give you full breakdowns, parlays, and their official bets. But that's not all. For the same exact price, you get access to their brand new Bayes AI's prediction software, which uses advanced algorithms to give you percentages for every possible outcome on every UFC fight. They got packages of all lengths and sizes, to fit your needs, including a daily fantasy one, if that's your gig. So go check them out at MMAplay365.com. Use promo code TOPTURTLE for 10% off their annual package, which is already so damn affordable to begin with. It's a deal you can't pass up. That's MMAplay365. Boom. All right. Well, we got a banger of a main event here. Maybe guys who, you know, aren't household names yet, certainly uh, both coming uh, from lands far away, uh, Armin Sarukian and Matus Gamrat. Gamrat, a Polish fighter. Armin is coming to us from uh, Georgia, speaking of Giga Chikadze that we spoke about earlier. Uh, but this should be a really good fight, Gumby. Um, and I certainly appreciate the Top Turtle interns spelling out their names phonetically for me. Sarukian uh, is actually on a whew, five-fight win streak um, in the UFC. So he's 5-0 and oh since... Uh, premiering in the UFC all the way back in April of 2019. Well, he debuted on a loss and then went on a five-fight win streak, so wins over the likes of Matt Frivola, Christos Giagos, and Joel Alvarez. Uh, that was via TKO, that win, back in February of 2022. And Matus Gamrat on a three-fight win streak himself, a very nice win streak. Kimura submission win over Jeremy Stevens, Scott Holtzman he KO'd, and coming off a big TKO submission to the knees um, back in Dece knees to the body back in December of 2021. If you want the odds on this, 
Sarukian is a minus 240 favorite. Gamrot, I would call him a live dog, but almost 2-1 to one at plus 195. Who are you taking? Yeah, I'm with you saying Gamrot's a live dog here. Plus 195, uh, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, I think 100% in this fight, he's a guy who I've got circled as a value you can't pass up. Do I think this fight is razor close? Absolutely. I think Sarukian probably has a slight advantage in the wrestling department. But I actually like Gamrod's grappling better. I think he's going to probably counter sweep and do all kinds of things to get enough top time here. I also, in general, just kind of like his hands better in this fight. I think he's the type of guy who can outbox Sarukian here uh, and possibly just make Sarukian stand a little bit longer with him uh, than some of his other opponents have. It It should be a super interesting fight, though. Because, man, both of these guys battle-tested and super underrated. Well, this these fights take place in Vegas, but you'd almost think this is like an Eastern European or Middle Eastern card because we're going to the battle of tough names, or another tough name for me. Shavrat Rachmanov uh, is a Uzbekistani fighter, and he's a minus 380 favorite to, at this point, the savvy veteran Neil Magny, a plus 290 dog. Uh, Shavkat is on a... Three fight win streak in the UFC. He's had three fights. He's won them all in the UFC. Big guillotine choke over Alex Oliveira. Uh, beat Michael Prezeris via rear naked choke and a spinning hook kick and punches. Finished Carlston Harris back in February of this year via KO. He's never lost in his professional career coming from the likes of M1 Challenge Series. Neil Magny, on the other hand, has been in the UFC dating all the way back to uh, 2013. So on his ninth year in the UFC and on a two-fight win streak since losing to Michael Chiesa back in January of 2021, came back with a unanimous decision victory over Josh Neal and a split decision over Max Griffin and finds himself at a plus 290 dog here. If I, I'm going to assume you're taking Rachmanov, but let's hear a path to victory for Magny if that's not the case. So yeah, I'm going to go with Rachmanov. I, I think, look, I think Neil Magny, first of all, at that value is pretty good pick here. Like if you really like the plus 280 mark on, on Neil Magny, I respect that. But I'll say this, Rachmanov has got the better hands. He's going to starch him on the feet if, if he gets the opportunity, despite Neil Magny's length. I just don't think he fights as long as Rachmanov. So, you know, he's going to have a reach advantage. Is it going to actually have a reach advantage, a functional reach advantage? I think Neil Magny has to make it dirty. I, I think he's got to get in close range. I think he's got to press him against the cage. I think he's got to try to wear him out. Maybe score some takedowns in there to get him thinking about it the whole time. Uh, Neil Magny has to make this fight gritty in order to win. I just don't think he does that against Rachmanov, who has really good submission skills and really good wrestling of his own right. Uh, we'll move to another fun fight here. Uh, Chris Curtis is a minus 150 favorite. Adolfo Vieira, the jiu-jitsu ace, is betting off as a plus 130 dog. So very slight dog uh, for Vieira, who we know is always capable of a submission. Um, he is on a one fight, if you could even call that win streak, uh, beat Dustin Stolz. Uh, via rear naked choke, but of course lost to Anthony Hernandez via guillotine choke. This is a world jiu-jitsu champion who ended up losing via guillotine choke. Of course, it was from punches that really softened him up, and the guillotine choke was, you know, just sort of a cherry on the top at that point, but he's 8-1 and one in his professional career. He's 2-1 and one in the UFC, and a slight dog here, Curtis, the action man, um, who has wins in the UFC over the likes of Brandon Allen, his most recent fight, beat Phil Hawes before that, DC's new arch rival. 
Um, so 2-0 and in the UFC, and he came from uh, XMMA, Fierce FC. He was 25-8 and before entering the UFC. Now 2-0 and in the UFC, who you got? I'm going with Chris Curtis. Uh, I love Rodolfo Vieira. I, I think he's such a fun jiu-jitsu specialist. But what I've seen out of Chris Curtis on the feet, I, I just think this dude is a top 15 talent already. Um, I, I think he's going to beat up a bunch of the dudes in the top 15. Rodolfo showed in his last fight that he's clearly, with, with Stoltfoots, he's shown he's clearly made improvements on the feet. He's clearly gone to work and making himself a good striker. I just don't think he's done enough to like turn it around and beat a guy like Chris Curtis, who's clearly got heavy hands, who's clearly striking hard on the feet. I mean, we looked at how good Phil Hawes looked his last time out, and Chris Curtis embarrassed him. So, yeah, I'm going with Chris Curtis all day here. Negative 150 line doesn't deter me away at all either. I thought he was going to come in here as an underdog, but heck, I'll even take him at favorite money here. Our dog of the week is J.P. Bays, a plus 105. Let's hear it. Yeah, I like J.P. Bays over Cody Durden here. Um, and I know this line has moved back and forth a little bit. So depending on when you're listening to this, he may even be a favorite. I've seen him be a favorite. Go back to dog. Go back to favorite. Go back to dog. Uh, it's been back and forth. So we're only at about plus 105 here. But look, I, I like Bays to stop the grappling here. Cody Durden is one-dimensional as hell. He looks like a wrestler who, when he's not allowed to wrestle, is going to get beat up. We saw it in the Muhammad Volkayev fight. I think J.P. Bays does enough to stuff the wrestling, keep this fight on the feet, and just wins, you know, a, a kind of boring striking match. He doesn't really have to do that much because he's he's going to outwork Cody Durden on the feet no matter what. Our parlay to play is Tiago Moises, a minus 240 favorite. Pair him together with Chris Curtis, the already aforementioned and talked about, at minus 150. It does get you plus 136 odds. Break that down. So, first of all, you know, we already mentioned we like Chris Curtis. I think he's going to outstruck Rodolfo Vieta. So, obviously, I'm in on that. And I want to tag it onto a parlay here with Tiago Moises. Tiago Moises, again, just a phenomenal grappler. He's looked so damn good. Chris Tosiagos is a guy who's sort of relied on his grappling to get his career back in motion. He's, he's a good wrestler. I, I've liked his wrestling. I just don't think he's got what it takes to do that to Tiago Moises, a guy I mean, who who went out there and subbed Michael Johnson by falling back on a heel hook. Like, the guy has got great jiu-jitsu skills. We've seen him hit helicopter arm bars and shit like that before. You know, I, I just think he's too much for Iagos on the ground. So, negative 240, I'm not even real worried about that number. So, pair him with Chris Curtis, a number at negative 150 that I already said I liked. And let's get that plus money. Boom. All right. That does it for another edition of Fights, Dogs, and Parlays. Let us know on our Twitter or Instagram at Top Turtle on the May. Did we do you right? Did we do you dirty with these picks? Gumby, the show is a moving and a shaking. Where should we move and shake to next? We're going to transition now to my interview with Mario Batista, who is fighting Brian Boom Keller at UFC Vegas 57. He talks about that fight and his preparation, and we'll get to that interview for you in just a moment. But before we do, I have to mention that this interview is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial arts, you can use Maroon Social to log your training sessions, tag your training pe- partners, log competitions, weigh-ins, and so much more. Ditch that dirty jiu-jitsu journal and get yourself Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps. Maroon Social brings you this interview with Mario Batista. And joining me today is Mario Batista, who fights Brian Kelleher at UFC Vegas 57. That fight takes place this weekend. So, Mario... Before we get into the fight with Kelleher this weekend, I did want to talk about your last fight. Because after like a year outside of the cage, coming off of a loss to Trevin Jones, 
you pick up a really big win over Jay Perrin, a, a fight where you looked pretty damn good in. I, I'm curious, is, in that fight, did you feel like you were yourself in there? Did you feel like you were a little bit rusty? Sometimes that year away does different things to different people. Uh, a little bit. You know, I, I felt a, a little rusty as far as, like, connections and everything. But, man, I was, uh, for that Trevin Jones fight, I was, like, in one of the best shape I've ever been in. So, you know, I, I took that loss like a man and learned from it, you know, and came back and fought Jay Perrin and, you know, and, and was just felt more comfortable and felt more connected in, in everything I do. And I made it more of an MMA fight. And, you know, it turned out turned out pretty good for me. Absolutely. And, and, you know, with that year away, some people always regret the time that they didn't have to build up their record. Some people think that year away was the best thing. I know you had some fights scheduled in between that fell through as well. So you, you weren't planning on a full year away. But, you know, the, the takeaway afterwards of a year away, good thing, bad thing, somewhere in between? Oh, no. It, good things always. You know, I was getting ready for, I think, a fight in August right after Trevin Jones. I think it was Guido Canetti. Anyways, uh, just training for a southpaw that whole camp, you know. And doing a whole camp like that, you learn, you know, quite a bit, you know, training for a southpaw. And so I got to up my game from that. Unfortunately, didn't, I wasn't able to go through with the fight. But I did learn a lot throughout that, you know, throughout that year. Continued to get better and, uh, you know, got it done with, with Jay Perrin. Absolutely. Now, let's move forward to talking a little bit about this fight. And I am going to want to know a little bit about that training camp that you just mentioned. But let's talk about Brian Keller as an opponent. He's a guy who despite having a little bit of an up-and-down record, has a lot of hype behind him. He's a guy who's, you know, good on the mic. He's a company guy who takes a fight every weekend if he can. He's all over social media. What are sort of your thoughts on, you know, being a little bit more in the spotlight with a fight against him? Oh, with with Brian, you know, he's a, he's a fighter's fighter. You know, he'll take any fight. And I think that's what, uh, what the hype is around him, you know. And he's, like you said, he's had up-and-downs. But, uh, you know, he's a very tough opponent and uh, a, a name in the UFC, you know, uh, even with his uh, up and down record. But, you know, win over him, you know, you're you're definitely legit and uh, I'm ready to prove that Saturday. And we're obviously looking forward to seeing you prove it as well. Now, you mentioned he's a fighter's fighter. And I think that, you know, like you said, comes from his style. He, he won't not only just doesn't back down from a fight you know, outside of the cage. And when you're talking about signing that contract, but he doesn't back down from a fight inside of the cage too. He likes to let him fly. Do you anticipate that it's going to be that kind of fight? Or do you anticipate that this is going to wind up in, in more than just that realm? Oh no, I, I think it's, I think he's going to come after it. You know, I coming off uh, his loss, uh, his last one, I think he's just going to get after it. I don't think he has, you know, he's a little bit older, so I don't think he's going to be playing that waiting game just to see, you know, what happens. So I think he's going to get after it, you know, and I'm going to meet him right there in the middle. You know, it could be, you know, a quick night or a potential fight of the night, uh, I believe. Absolutely. And and you know that, that you're a guy who, who does love, you know, standing in front of somebody and throwing. You love the flying knees, which we've, we've come to see in a couple of fights. But we also know that you love the double legs, too. Does that feel like a realm for you in this fight? Or are you, you know, sort of dedicated to putting on one of those show-stopping performances on the feet? Oh, I'm I'm always going to be looking for for any kind of finish, you know. But I think in this fight, I think he might try to engage in the wrestling, you know. And, and I'm ready for that. I I love to wrestle, strike, whatever you want to do. But I feel like as far as like engaging in the wrestling, I think it's going to be more on his side. And 
I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't bet myself looking on too much double legs though because he has a nasty guillotine, and uh, you know it's something I've scouted. So I got to be very very careful when I if I do shoot for a double leg. Absolutely, and you mentioned him coming forward with the wrestling, which is certainly a possibility too. Uh, but I, you know, I, I I noticed in your camp you have got some pretty talented wrestlers in there. Is, is that something you've been leaning on guys like Bryce Meredith for in this camp to make sure that your wrestling defense is on point? Oh yeah, Bryce Meredith. He's you know been such a huge help like the past I think year and a half he's been there, maybe a year. Uh, you, you know, a huge help, and other guys, you know, like uh, Kyler Phillips. He amazing ground game all these different guys like i think people forget that the mma lab is a is a good mma uh wrestling you know jujitsu grappling gym so uh like i said i'm ready for it and uh you know it's gonna be a fun one absolutely and and you mentioned wanting to go in there and get a finish i'm wondering you know a lot of different fighters take on this the ufc in the last two events leading into ufc vegas 57 this weekend has given a bonus out to every single person who has finished a fight. That's not not missing one single person. Everybody who's finished has gotten a 50K bonus. Ah. Is that something you think about going into this fight, that they seem to be throwing a couple extra zeros people's way when they do get the finish? Oh, definitely. I mean, these guys, especially the last car, they've been, you know, they've been setting the standard. So I, I'm hoping, you know, next or this Saturday, Man, hopefully I could keep up with them or, and, you know, keep up to that standard because, yeah, uh, apparently those finishes are getting some bonuses. So I, I might be – and that's just my style anyway. You know, I'm always looking for the finish. So um, if I get one, you know, hopefully hopefully I get a little extra cash sent my way. <laughs> well, we certainly hope you do as well. Now, before I let you go, give me a prediction. How do you get it done this Saturday against Brian Kelleher? Uh, prediction, I think – it's either going to go one of two ways. It's going to go. It's going to be a very fast night, or it's going to be a very long one, and it's not going to be a boring fight. I can guarantee that. And if it does go all three rounds, it's definitely going to be fight of the night. I I believe that. All right. Well, you heard it here first, folks. This has been Mario Batista, who fights Brian Boom Kelleher at UFC Vegas 57. That fight is this Saturday. Mario, thank you so much for the time, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Thank you so much. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. We cannot do what we do without you guys. We also want to thank our sponsors, Maroon Social, Better Than Vegas, and, of course, MMA Play 365. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Top Turtle MMA in both of those locations. We appreciate each and every follow on both of those pages. And until next week, I'm Daniel Gibby-Freeland. He is Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we'll catch you then.